Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. We are your hosts of the show, Karen and Kelly Sarlow. Whether you're struggling with grief or you just need answers, we connect you with spirit to find relief, clarity, and direction in life. We can help you move forward. Happy holidays, Kelly. Merry Christmas, Karen. Oh, I like how we're covering all angles here. Just two, but that's okay. People can celebrate whatever they celebrate. Good. Thank you. Um, I have a really lovely story this morning. I fucking hope so. It's Christmas. <laughs> this was this this was the project. Yes. And I, I purposely, when I went through all of the different stories for this month, I purposely kept this one for today. So I'm hoping I'm going to get a 10 out of 10 that I chose the right one out of everything for the month. So if people want to make a comment, if I did a good job, go ahead and comment. <laughs> Honest feedback only, please. Yeah, of course. Okay, so we're over Zoom. This is a brother and sister. They're looking for their mother um, who has passed. And the very first thing that she comes through to say to me is they're looking for factual information. They both consider themselves to be very logical people. This is the first time they are doing something like this. They've prepared themselves and they are particularly looking to see what you're going to be able to say that validates that it's me. So I'm going to begin by saying I passed um, and had cancer, but I did not die as a direct cause of the cancer. I had heart failure. So she says it is connected to the cancer because of what that was doing to my body. But this is going to be something they're really going to appreciate right off the bat. And I want you also to say that I died way faster than the medical doctor told me would be my process of death because he couldn't anticipate that it would be my heart. He thought I was going to die of cancer. So he gave me about a year and I actually died within four weeks. Wow. And she says, so if you say all of that, that is going to be such good detail. Both of them are really going to appreciate it and they'll know it's me. And then she says, and then tell them. And she says, and you have to say it like this. I'm fabulous. (laughs) And I said, okay. I said, that will be fun. We'll see what my acting skills are like. And if I can do it properly for you, she goes, that's okay. You start with that and you give it your best shot and and I'll take it from there. And I thought, that sounds like a lot of fun. So I told brother and sister what she said about her passing. And they acknowledged that that was all correct about the shock of her dying, even though they both knew her death was coming. And the the disparity in the um, amount of time and cause of death. And then I made the, I started Kelly to say it's fabulous the way that she had done it. And then as soon as I finished that, I thought I was done. And all of a sudden I'm going, ah, it's fabulous. And I'm doing it in all these different (laughs) intonations and accents. Yes, tons of them. And some of them I'm singing. And it like, it's, it's just so fun. And some of them, is it comes with this energy of that I'm trying to make them laugh. I'm, I'm doing it so silly on purpose. And then some of them, I feel like I'm just in my own head and I'm having fun. And both of the brother and sisters said to me how much I captured their mother. 
and that this was spot on, that it was her very favorite saying, and that very true to who she is, she would do it sometimes just to get a rise out of them because they were sad or they were angry or the two of them were having a fight and she'd go, come on, come on, everything is just fabulous. And But they could see where she was stretching it mm-hmm. to try and change a mood. And sometimes they'd come in the house and she would just yell out, I'm fabulous today. And that this was just part of her of her character, but expressed many feelings and and, and sometimes... Her anxieties. Mm. The feeling, Kelly, that I had doing it was so beautiful at times, but also, like I said, sometimes like exhausting in the sense that you could see it came out of a stress. But the look on their face was really priceless. And um, yeah, so I'll, I'll just say that and move on because there's so many validations that they gave that she wanted to give them in that time frame. And then she says, okay, she says, I, I want to go back to my death. And she goes, both of them have a room in their house that they're still keeping for me. And I was like, they live together? What do you mean? And she goes, no, they each have their own home. And each of them was trying to create a space for me because we thought it was going to be a year. And we were preparing that I was going to get worse and worse and I was going to need more and more care. So who could do it during this period of time because of their job? Who could do it during this period of time? So each of them had a room that they were turning into a bedroom for me. But they're keeping it. They still have it. And they keep talking about, you know, when mom got to this stage, I was going to have mom come here and I was going to do this. And she says, they both keep talking about the fact that um, that these things were things they were going to do, but kind of like they're still going to do. And they're missing out on an opportunity to grieve with each other. They're, they're, they're stuck in something, and I'd like to get them unstuck today. I'd like to tell them that I know about the bedrooms. I'd like to tell them that I know that they're still talking about it. But it's okay for them to give the bedrooms back to their children. It's okay to give the bedrooms back to the family. I don't need to know that that room is still there for me. And I'm going to say things. So she goes, tell them things like this. She goes, one of them has a gas fireplace. One of them has a wood fireplace. One of them has uh, on their big TV screen in their living room, they put hockey and sports and the other one puts videos of nature and um, the, the, in particular the woods or places they're going to go on holidays. It's their dreams. So she divvies it up and says, my daughter does this and my son does that. I'm in the house. I see what they're doing. They can let go of the bedroom stuff. They just want to know that I'm still around. So I gave those messages to both brother and sister and their faces freaking fell. And brother says to me, um, this is true about our conversations? He goes, so you're telling me that my mom is listening to our conversations? Because we do. Every time we get together, we talk about the bedrooms. We talk about what we were going to do with them. He goes, and I didn't realize that that kept us focused on where we thought our futures were going with her. 
instead of being present for each other. He goes, holy jeez. And then his sister says, do you think that you and I could talk about this when we're done our call with Karen? And that, that was that. And then he says to me, Karen, she sees what's on my TV screen? He says, it's true. He goes, like, I love being out in the bush. I'm not someone to sit in the house and watch TV, but my sister is. Her and her family are really into sports. And he goes, that's just not my thing. I love nature. He goes, and I have goals where I want to travel around the world. So what I do is I put up videos of the 4K walks on YouTube. I pick a country wherever I want to go or I research, do I actually want to go to that country? I've always thought I want to do it. So I put it up on the screen and as I'm doing things during the day, I sit and I look at the screen or I, as I'm cooking, I watch it. And he says, and I figure out where I want to go. So he said, Karen, does that mean that my mom is in the kitchen cooking with me? Or like, is she in front of the TV? Like, is she just in that room? And I said, no, I said, as far as I can see, what your mom is trying to prove to you is that she's in the living room watching TV, but she's also everywhere that you go. And he goes, okay, we're right. He says, because you're talking about the bedroom too. So she's on different floors in my house. He goes, oh, I'm, I'm piecing it together. The bedrooms, my mom's room wouldn't have been on the same floor as the TV room. He goes, okay, I see what you're doing. She is in my house. She's on different floors. So you can see where they're both working, Kelly, trying to figure out not just what's being said, but what she's implying. Mm -hmm. And then she says, um, I go into the truck with him. She goes, he gets into the truck each morning and she goes, would you look at that seat? So I just look and I can see papers and like old coffee cups and a whole bunch of things. And I don't actually see the seat, but I see that I've got just a bunch of stuff and it looks disorganized. So I said, well, brother, I said, this looks very disorganized to me, but there's a bunch of cups, um, papers. And I said, I know you're in Canada. <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? Wouldn't you? And I said, well, no, I said, our client base is all over the world. And he goes, oh my God, really? And I said, yes. He goes, well, then how do you know I'm in Canada? <laughs> well, it was a toss-up because Tim's is in the States as well, but I'm assuming you're looking at a Tim's coffee cup. It's a Tim's coffee cup. And I said, I see Tim Horton's coffee cup on your seat. And he goes, yes. And I didn't ask him where he was. We just left it at that because we're just, we're trying to get a point across that, that there's accuracy as to what's in the truck. And I said, and she shows me that you have something stuck to your, your glove compartment. And I said, where you pick up all the papers, you put it in the glove compartment. I said, then you take the paper stuff and you put it into a little garbage can that's actually on the bottom of your front seat, like where, the, where your feet would go. And he goes, yeah. And I said, and then once you clear it off, you pat the seat and I can hear, okay, mom, climb in. And he goes, oh, and you can see Kelly like, get out. And his sister is like wiping her eyes, crying, like watching her brother mm -hmm. and his response that, oh my God, my mother hears me in the truck every morning. And he goes, okay, okay, what else, what else can you tell me about this? Because now it's like, come on, give me more, give me more. My mom's loving me. Come on, I'm just soaking all this in, Karen. 
And so she tells me, well, I hear him say, come on in, climb in, honey. And to me, and I get into the vehicle and she says, but you got to tell him that it's fabulous to be in the front seat. (laughs) So I did that and he laughs. They both have a good laugh. And then she goes, but it's crowded in here. He got a dog. And sometimes he brings the dog, not always. So you have to clarify that sometimes it's a little crowded in the front seat, but I like it. That's awesome. And sometimes he'll even say things like, don't sit over there, sit over here beside me. Mom sits over there. So his mom sits on the window seat. His dog has to sit in the middle seat. (laughs) Or he corrects the dog like this. And he said, Karen... I'm so happy. He said, you are telling me that my mom is still part of my life and I was scared when she died that I wasn't going to be loved anymore. And then you can see his sister go and give this look like, what? And he goes, no, 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 don't take this. Don't take this like that. You're my sister. And she goes, oh, I get what you mean. It's not the same being loved by your sister the same way that you know your mom loves you. Mm -hmm. She goes, I get it because I feel it too. It's just that I'm scared to say it to you. I'm scared to say to you, I need you to love me like mom loves me, but you're my brother. And I feel it's not fair to say that or put that on you. And she says, but I understand it. We we both want to know that when mom died, she didn't become incapable of loving us. And he goes, yeah, and Karen's proving that even though mom's body has died, that there's a spirit or there's something there. I don't know what you call it. I'm not religious and I'm not spiritual. He says, but you're saying that there's an energy or there's something there that love exists. It didn't stop when my mom died. He goes, that's what I'm here for today. He goes, bottom line, I needed to know that my mom exists because I need to know that the love exists. And that I'm still loved. And he goes, you've proved it to me. He goes, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I think it's really neat that we need these particular kinds of affirmations when if we look at it in the opposite of this chronological order, we love a baby before it's born. We love a baby before it even is conceived. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we, we put all of this beautiful energy out there to love this soul that we want to bring into the world. Why then does our belief system change that all of the memories and all of the love that was given to us would just disappear or cease Mm -hmm. to exist when we go out the other end? Yeah. And I think that's a great point because some people may want to try and bring up memories of the love to feel the love again. Or they look in a photo album or a videos or on your cell phone or any device trying to find evidence of love so that you can try to feel it again. You're trying to capture it again. Mm-hmm. As it's opposed the same. To, Sorry, go ahead. As opposed to knowing, like these two now know, that you don't have to do any of those things mm-hmm. because love continues to exist. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go on. Okay. Um, then she shows me um, what I'm going to call is Memorial Gardens. And only people that live in this city of North Bay, Ontario, Canada are going to go, oh, I know that building. <laughs> I know where she's going and I know what she's going in to do. It's our local hockey arena. <laughs> right. 
And everybody else is going to be like, okay, what is it? <laughs> is it a mole? What is it? But it, it, it is a rink. And so she, she walks towards it, Kelly, and then she splits herself into two people. So I can see two of her going into, but they, she doesn't walk into a door. She just walks into the wall because, of course, she doesn't have to go through a door. But she goes into the building, but it's like she's trying to say, I do it separately. And I went, okay, what does that mean? And she goes, well, I go into it to watch hockey, but I also go into it to watch figure skating. She goes, tell them that. And I went, okay. And I said, well, so I told him that. And she goes, I go for hockey. My kids are in hockey. And he goes, my kids are in figure skating. And so she, you mean to tell us that every morning, because there are practices early in the mornings. Yes, there are. <laughs> and that she's going to both rinks. But what she's trying to validate is that she actually splits her energy and that she goes into both ranks because they don't even live in the same city. Hmm. So she's trying to confirm that I go to the hockey rink. Honey, I go with you and your kids. And honey, I go with you and your kids. And I don't have to divide my love. And I don't have to divide my energy. I can be in both places at the same time for different purposes with different people. Hmm. And I really loved, Kelly, how she chose to do that. And use that as an example, because they would put two and two together, that both of us are in the rink in two different cities at the very same time each day for different purposes. So I didn't have to do a lot of the explaining about that. They got that. Mm -hmm. Which I really have to say to her, like, well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what you're talking is about is um, clients that are not withholding. Right, because if you sat in front of a different mm -hmm. client, just to illustrate, you know, the the difference of of um, scenarios, one person might hear, "Oh, I see her going into a hockey arena," and splitting herself, they might sit there and go, "What does that mean?" and test and wait to see if you'll get the whole message. Mm -hmm. And with clients like this, they are actually mm -hmm. so eager to. Receive the love that's being offered. This is how I'm going to word it. That they're like, I know what it means. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and, and I think about a conversation between two live individuals where maybe I start to say something and you go, say no more. I've got it. I get it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's this love, acceptance. I've got it from here. Trust, respect, et cetera. Mm -hmm. That's how brother and sister showed up as opposed to someone who I'll say would be in far more pain mm -hmm. seeking 100% accuracy explanation to constantly prove. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's well said. Thank you. Then at this point, brother takes in enough breath that I feel like he's sucking in the universe. <laughs> and I'm holding my breath. Like I'm looking, I'm like, when are you going to breathe out? And I look over at sister on this, on her screen and sh you can see sh her eyes shifting to her screen to see her brother. And we're both looking at him and he's just holding and holding and holding. And then all of a sudden, Kelly, he lets out a breath like if he had had a coffee cup in front of him, he'd have knocked it over. And he goes, Karen, I can breathe. He goes, I feel like I can finally breathe. And he goes, oh my God, I feel like mush. He goes, with that, letting out my breath, he goes, I'm realizing 
how much I had been holding in all of my muscles. He goes, oh my God, this explains my sore back. This isn't about a chiropractor and massage. This was about seeing you and being able to know that my mom is alive. She's just in a different form. She exists. He goes, this was all my body pain. Yeah, it's grief. It's actually processing the grief instead of holding. Yeah. And, and then he, you can just see him gulping in breaths and letting his shoulders go up and down. And you can see him just trying to be in his own body. What a beautiful thing to witness. Mm-hmm. And then we literally were done our half hour together. Um, And I thanked them for letting me channel their mom and give all these beautiful messages. And I thanked them for being so open to allowing it to happen so that they could see that she does exist. And he wants to call it being alive, but just in a different form. Okay. Well, 10 out of 10. That was fabulous. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlows. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.